Welcome to Fuji Love. This is the show that is all about the Fujifilm X-Series and GFX cameras, but more importantly, it's about the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, whether it's news, interviews, and so much more, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And now, on with the show. My guest this week is Mio Manash. He is an amazing photographer out in Seattle. Uh, he, he is an official ex-creator. And, man, I got to say, your um, Instagram says it all. Campfire tinkerer, whiskey drinker. You're uh, one more rhyme away from a Ric Flair promo. <laughs> <laughs> all you need to do is end it with woo. <laughs> yeah right i love rick flair so I, i'll take that as a massive compliment thank you <laughs> right on for having me. Yeah. <laughs> photography is rick flair there you go add that to uh to your ticker tape <laughs> yeah yeah that's i gotta maybe i should run with that i've been thinking about um actually maybe about at some point doing a rebrand here just because honestly my my last name is such a handful handful to spell and um like an seo nightmare so um you know like if i tell somebody my handle or something it's it never goes anywhere and so yeah i gotta maybe i gotta figure out something to do with rick flair that'd be fun there you go um <laughs> for that that's a freebie <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's great to have you on the show man uh um, yeah thanks for having me i love your photography work and uh i i think the the first time i i, I saw your work was when you did some uh, promo videos for uh, Fujifilm. Uh, I think the first one that I saw was a year ago, and you were promoting the Fujifilm uh, X, uh, the GFX 100S. Yeah. And, man, the, the, the wedding photography you were doing out in the uh, – what park were you even in? Yeah, so that that was a, a really special project. That was um, in Olympic National Park that we we decided to do. Um, Harish, the um, groom of that couple, he uh, he's a, he's a photographer as well, and he um, has has this like just unending obsession with that park. And so um, when I had approached him and his fiance at the time, Sneha. Um, they, you know, about, about doing this project and, and really kind of wanting to set it up to have it be natural to them. You know, they said if they were to do sort of a, a scenic engagement or elopement shoot that they would really, really just want to be in Olympic National Park. So, yeah, that um, that, that made it easy for me, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely stunning. Just Thank you. Be between uh, capturing their uh, the 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 wedding uh outfits which well it, indian wedding it's 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 the the bride typically wears that extremely vibrant red yeah uh, and just the red and gold colors mixed in with that uh the pacific northwest greenery oh man that that is like right up fujifilm's alley <laughs> oh, I, yeah, you know, it was, I, I about lost my mind when they sent me photos of the dress, um, before we, we got out there. I, um, 
Yeah, I just I I couldn't sort of uh, believe my eyes as as we went through all of that. It was uh, it was the first time that I had uh, really done much of anything with GFX, and uh, so it was a, a f- I mean a fun way to learn, and and definitely also felt a little bit too easy almost. Just in that, you know, like you said, it said it all really the the color um of that dress just really the the contrast to to the um, pacific northwest sort of tonality and and really um olympic is known so much for that sort of moss you know with the uh, yeah. rainforest there so yeah it was was really um a dream project to do with them and then um it was it was actually pretty cool out of the out of doing that project with them they they were actually so excited about the photographs that they ended up hiring me to shoot their actual wedding and so that was was a, a totally different type of contrast. They uh, they got married in New Jersey, and so um, you know we had we had some days uh, photographing them sort of in New York City, and then around um, different locations in New Jersey. Uh, it was a full five day wedding, and um, really oh, that's awesome. I was about to ask you, yeah, days. yeah. It was. I mean, it's definitely one of those things that I I think like. I mean, who knows? I don't know if I'll ever really uh, do another wedding quite like that. I, I just, um, I, that, it's definitely one for for my memory memory books. Um, I think I'll always look look back on that one with a a certain level of sort of unique fondness. It was just really really incredible. How many guests were there? Um, I want to say it was like two fifty, maybe. I mean, it was it was massive, and I, I it was easily the most uh engaged wedding uh crowd i would say i mean yeah everybody was just so uh stoked to be there and i mean yeah it was um actually kind of similar to the the project for fujifilm it just felt like um I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, with, with your wedding photography work, like sometimes you get those, those sort of rare events where you don't really feel like you're working at all um, in yes. multiple senses of that. Right. Whether that's like, um, you, you know, you just, just people make it so easy for you to like capture unique moments of joy and detail and like the vibrancy of life. And uh, that one just really kind of, um, I don't know. I felt like if I closed the shutter, it was just going to take something that was going to stand out. It was really, really special. I've only had uh, like in awe of uh, like, like, man, I've been doing this for like 20 years. Uh, The, the one that stands out the most uh, that, that really captured uh, like just, just, just had me wide eyed the whole time from beginning to end was um it, it wasn't an indian wedding it was a pakistani muslim mm. bride and, and her side of the family and, and uh jewish uh groom mm. and the the two cultures coming together yeah holy crap that is That's like awesome. monster party joining with the monster party (laughs) yeah that's awesome and you can't believe it's happening first of all just for the geopolitical part like like like, see world peace is possible (laughs) yeah um that's awesome and and just just the partying that happened was just oh through the roof yeah the venue could not contain it 
Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. There's, there's really nothing like that. Yeah. Um, so I got to ask, yeah. what, what are you currently using for Fuji, uh, for, for gear? Yeah. Um, I, I have, so I, I, I came in with, uh, the XT2 and so I kind of, um, I'll probably always have a, an XT or actually I should say an X series camera going currently. Um, I roll with the XT4, um, the XH2S and the GFX 100S. Nice. Um, I would say that I'm, I'm probably pretty slowly, but I'm transitioning to, um, the hope that I'll, I'll be like fully GFX. Um, but there, I think there are always going to be cases where I'm going to need to stick with, uh, an X series camera, yep. you know, just a uh, low light speed, just some of those things. Um, I hike a lot and I spend a lot of time in sort of the back country. So, um, I, as much as I love to take my GFX, um, out there, um, you know, a bag full of GFX gear, uh, sometimes is a little bit much to carry, um, when you're making like weight decisions and yeah <laughs> decisions and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I, you know, I, I had, I, I bought the XH one on like day one of, of that being available for pre-order. And so I've, I've been a big lover of the, the XH series. So I was super thrilled when the XH two S came out and, um, and then, uh, yeah, so I, I've been really, really thrilled with that camera is sort of one of pretty, I would say probably my, my most used camera right now. It makes sense. So the GFX system and the XH system, they're comparable to one another as far yeah. as, uh, the, the layout goes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I love having the, the <laughs> custom settings are, are just um i think that that dial that that you know with the what is it six different uh custom components on it is is just uh a huge winner to have yeah um now going through your portfolio you seem yeah. you, you have a very diverse um uh, set of photos you look like you have a good healthy uh influx of jobs coming in from the commercial side as well as like wedding and portraits what do you what do you mostly do or, or is it balanced kind of 50 50 between the, the the those two uh areas yeah you know i i would say that um so i, I definitely um more on the sort of commercial side and then um I, I'm fortunate enough to have um, enough of a, an Instagram following to get money through that as well um, at times uh, working with brands and sort of um, social partnerships. But um, I'd say I probably do anywhere from like five to, I don't know, eight to 10 weddings a, a year, probably kind of kind of depends on the year, but um, definitely much, much more on the sort of branding and, and commercial side for sure. I just, uh, I feel like with weddings, I, I just don't, um, I don't generally vibe with the traditional sort of, um, indoors church conference center, uh, <laughs> reception type thing. And so I think, um, you know, I, I turn a lot of those away, honestly, and then, um, yeah, just try and really focus on couples that kind of, um, 
want to do a little bit more of like an elopement vibe and sort of an outdoor thing. I, I'm much more of a um, natural light photographer and, you know, I, I definitely can and will work with flash when it's necessary, but definitely um, don't, I just don't enjoy it as much. It's just doesn't, um, doesn't kind of inspire me as much, I guess. So um, yeah, a little, little, little bit all over the place though. I, you know, I think like you don't see a ton of it in my, like on my website or on Instagram, but I mean, I, I do, um, you know, like I've shot a lot of like esports and like corporate events. And I, 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 I would say I'm kind of a jack of all trades for sure in sort of, yeah. Uh, what genre I'm in, as I feel like so many of us photographers kind of have to be right now um, with just, you know, the way the world is. So totally. Um, yeah. I mean, looking through your wedding stuff, uh, it, it is very outdoorsy, very niche to that, that spirit of adventure um, that, that, that you, you seem to, to just, I mean, it's just a sense of wonder in in all of your photos. Thank uh, you. It just comes across in, in your commercial work and uh, your wedding work as well. Uh, it, it is it is nice, refreshing, and I, I would say, in, in some sense, therapeutic. Just looking at the the the, the calmness of the photos. I man, that's. <clears throat> That really means a lot to me. Thank you. I, um, I, you know, I kind of got into photography as therapy more than, than anything. Um, so just, let's get into uh, that. I was good. That was going to yeah. be my next question. Uh, yeah. what, what brought you into photography and, and yeah. like, did the adventure come first or did the photography come first? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a great question. And I, it's hard to know which chicken came before which egg, you know what I mean? But, um, it's uh, yeah. You know, I like, so I, I, I was raised um, in a, in a family that definitely like had a lot of, um, a lot of outdoor time together and, and like a big focus in just outdoor experiences and um, you know, camping and hiking and sailing and, and all sorts of things like that. But nice. Um, also um you know, I, I think like my, my grandfather was the first person who gave me a camera when I was probably like six years old or something like that. And so I've kind of always had like little cameras and and an interest in that. And then uh, I went to an alternative form of education that um, is really focused on the arts and sort of learning, learning things creatively. And so um, awesome. where'd you grow up? Uh, I, so I grew up in Seattle, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I was, I was here until uh, the beginning of high school. And then I went out to uh, Boulder, Colorado for, uh, I think 10 years. And then I've been back here in Seattle now um, for another 10 years. So nice. definitely <laughs> fortunate to be between two pretty adventurous and outdoorsy states. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I kind of just, um, when I moved back to Seattle, um, I had kind of gone away from like all of my creativity, I would say, you know, like when I was growing up, I, um, I played the violin and I, I went to, um, the reason we moved out to Boulder was actually for me to go to, um, a, uh, performing arts based, uh, high school. And so okay. I, I had kind of done theater 
for, for a long time. And then in my early twenties kind of just like took a complete life swap and, and stopped doing theater altogether. I, I went to business school and uh, I was working for a um, tech company for 11 years, um, working in like business sales and then retail management. And, um, I just kind of, um, I came back to Seattle. I, I just didn't have any, uh, creative outlet <laughs> at all. And, yeah. uh, so, and it, it, you know, it kind of, again, going back to like where, what, what came first, the chicken or the egg, I, I was, um, kind of felt, um, very called back to Seattle by a lot of images actually that I saw on Instagram in the early, early days of Instagram, when we were posting photos of our like coffee and, um, you know, whatever it was that we were eating and, <laughs> yeah, feet and stuff. And, and it was just, uh, I, I just, I, I really sort of longed for the, the atmosphere of Washington. So I came back here and, and, um, just started hiking and started camping and, and getting back out a little bit more than I had in Colorado. And as I did that, I, I picked up a, a camera and just started, uh, started taking photos of, of the adventures as they went. And, um, yeah, it kind of all just ran from there. Nice. What camera did you pick up? I started with a, I want to say it was a Canon 6D. Yep. Oh, um, 6D is nice. Yeah, it was great. It was a great way to start. Um, good, really good entry, entry level camera. Um, and then, yeah, I think that was the only Canon I had. I, I came, came over to Fujifilm, um, probably two, three years into my, my photography journey and been here ever since. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Um, and so as you, so as you shot with the Canon prior to the Fuji, mm-hmm. um, you, you just kind of exploring, see where the, see where the wind took you. In, in regards to gear like, or life or what? just, just, just life because, uh, yeah. when did the, the, the work start coming in through yeah. the, the photography and, uh, sure. Yeah, you know, honestly, um, I, I am uh, one of those photographers that can fully say that their entire career exists because, um, and and belief in their career exists because of Instagram and social media. Um, I uh, first money I ever made really in, in photography was off of um, you know a brand that had contacted me through their Instagram for sure. I honestly can't even tell you what that was. I don't remember remember what my first gig was, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, I uh, I started to just kind of um, you know have have brands reach out uh, because of uh, I, I would assume just because of what they were seeing on social media. I didn't have a website. I wasn't really doing anything else, and yeah. Uh, you know, as soon as, as soon as I started to kind of understand like, oh, okay, there's, there's actually ways to make money in this, um, you know, it, it, uh, it just kind of, kind of took fire. I really, really sort of wanted to find ways to, to make it my, uh, every day. And, um, I was really fortunate in that I was in a job that, um, had options to allow me to go down to part-time um so as as the photography business kind of grew i was able to you know slowly sort of dial back my work um in my my sort of corporate job and 
um, still maintain benefits, you know, and, and some sort of consistent paycheck, but kind of focus a little bit more on the business. And then, um, my wife, uh, in late 2018, my wife, um, got a job opportunity that moved us down to Los Angeles for a year. And, uh, my, my job wasn't something that I really was going to be able to sort of move with. And so I kind of just took that as the opportunity to, you know, jump off the deep end, as they say. And, uh, yeah, yeah I guess, guess, you know, the rest is history. Uh, who, who knew that, you know, what, what was it? 14 months after that, we'd be running into a pandemic and dealing with the whole, whole, whole new world of challenges for freelance artists. But, um, oh, yeah, that's that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, fascinating that, so, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, like longing for the days of, uh, old Instagram where we did look at just like the weirdest things with the weirdest filters. Um, there is almost a nostalgia to that because it's such a, uh, a time of innocence and it's a, a time of a, a photography wild West where yeah everybody has become a photographer and is now exploring this, this, this area that is, unlimited as far as like what you can give uh, and trying to, to carve a name for yourself for one way or the other. And yeah. uh, And so when you made your first Instagram account, did you have it? uh, Did you have it purposely themed or uh, like, like, or, or was it just, you know, whatever, whatever came to mind? whether it be family or uh, nature or you know, what, what was that originally like for you? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I was taking iPhone photos of like a bowl of oranges, <laughs> and, you know, doing the like uh, where you, where you, you keep only the oranges saturated, you know, and like just doing stuff like that. I, I was literally just like following trends on like early, early stuff. If I want to go back to the the real roots of that, um, but yeah, you know, when I, when I first started to like really take photography sort of seriously and, and start to really like try and grow a following and stuff, it was definitely much more, um, adventure based. And that was kind of all that I was, um, trying it for the first, like, I'd say probably a year or so. And then, um, I, I used to shoot a fair amount of concerts. Um, I'm a, I'm a big metal head. So I used to go do a bunch of metal shows and, uh, you know, I'd post some of that content on Instagram and it would always just like completely tank. And that was a quick lesson in like how, um, I don't know, just, just kind of how Instagram works. And it's honestly one of my biggest gripes with it. Right. Is that like, you kind of, once you get niched in, you're kind of, you're going to really damage your account or lose followers or whatever, if you're posting things that are outside of like what people have followed you for. And, you know, obviously that's everybody up to everybody um, as to whether they just want to be known as a photographer for everything that they're passionate about sort of creating around, um, or if you're really trying to sort of, you know, create your own community and all that. But, you know, I, I think going back to like those early days, I, I think that's the thing that I'm the most nostalgic about is, is just, is truly the community. Um, it was just such a, it was just such a supportive place. I, I felt like um, it was just this world where, you know, I, I think one of the, uh, one of the first photographers that I ever met that was somebody that I'd kind of like idolized was um, 
was somebody I just been following for, you know, probably years at that point and just took incredible photos that I was super inspired by. And I saw like a post where she said like, you know, Hey, me and a group of friends are going to be in the Pacific Northwest. Does anybody want to host us for a couple of days? And, you know, a week later I had five complete strangers sleeping on my living room floor and <laughs> it wasn't awesome. weird. You know what I mean? It wasn't weird at all. It was just like, yeah, like we all already felt like we knew each other and we could just hang out and it, it like you could develop these like lifelong friends through that. And, and it just feels like, um, you know, it's probably a little bit smaller uh, back then, you know, I don't think celebrities were on there yet. And it was, was definitely like about photography and it was, was really a, a special place to kind of connect with people. And, um, yeah, so that, that was definitely, um, I think, the sort of coolest part about it all in the early days. And uh, yeah, now it's obviously a very different animal and a very different thing that we're all trying to accomplish there. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we'll ever have that kind of uh, that innocence again? Um, I, I don't know if that's even the right word for it, but just that 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 pure uh newness of uh, a new horizon uh, uh like it, it, it truly felt like even though it was digital it was uh it, it was a whole new world um i don't even think the advent of digital photography brought that really uh to to everybody until they were able to do that with their iPhones or or smart devices uh yeah Totally. I, you know, I don't, I, I, I really don't think that we will. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I think about this a lot, but I, I really don't know that I have a, a good answer to it, but I think like, you know, I think we saw this a little bit at the beginning of like NFT photography with Twitter, where there was like this huge outcry of like, we have this community here and it's all about community. And I think in a lot of ways, um, for a lot of people, it still is, but I, I do think that there's sort of, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess I should probably only answer this in terms of like how, how I, I think it applies to me. Cause I don't want to speak for other people, but, um, I, I think that a huge part of where that sort of innocence came was, was one in, um, you know, when you, when you start photography, right. You have this, like, just you're drinking like the like the the best nectar you've ever had out of every fire hose and they're just all around you and you're just learning everything right and it's yeah. just like it's exciting time and and i think um i think for so many people it was exactly that process at exactly the same time you know i, th I think like you said there's there was like so many people that were like brought into photography and discovering photography for the first time all together at the same same time and place that it, it was just like everybody was was stoked to be a part of that together and to like support each other and and share everything that they knew and um yeah i i do definitely think that like um from my perspective a, a large part of that was like also had to do frankly with my age i think you know i was like it was probably what 24 25 when i was really going through a lot of that and so i think it was just like a, a big sort of like self-defining time for me in my life anyway yeah um so yeah i i think uh i don't know i i think a lot of those things kind of all went hand in hand but i i think like you, you you see little little sort of um 
indications of, of people really trying to kind of like stoke that fire again. But I, I don't think, um, I don't know. I, I think it'll probably happen in its own ways in different places um, for people. But I, I don't know. I, there was something really hmm. special about sort of the the scale, the global scale of, of how magical that was to kind of have that um, opportunity altogether collectively. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And just it, it, it's it's funny instagram um is there is this invisible line where you can make a career out of the things you post on instagram or there isn't and no two people do it the same or cross that line in the same place so for example you getting brands to 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 um to to hire you for for different gigs based on the work that you show on uh, on on your um account i mean that you you worked hard to to build that uh part of you may know what went into that but there's a good part of you that probably doesn't i would imagine yeah, I you know I I think it's um it's really it, it, that's a really really good point and I I think like something that's very commonly on my mind right now. You know, I think you get on Instagram, right? In in today's world and like if you go through reels or whatever it is that you're going through, you're going to see a million different people telling you the way to grow your account and how to do these things and um like how to how to make it or what trends you got to set and like kind of putting us in a like just kind of like creating these boxes of like this is how it's got to be done and I think you're absolutely right like I think everybody everybody has a has a sort of like different way of going about it but I I think ultimately um the the biggest thing that I've I've kind of discovered you know and I, I think and I think so many people have, I don't think I'm so unique in, in this thought process, but at the end of the day, um, any, any business venture is, uh, is, is, is exactly that it's a business venture. Right. Yeah. And I think you, you have to, um, look at tools, whether they're social media and time and investment and all of that as sort of this, like, where you best spend investing your time, your, you know, your, your time as money, um, your, your effort as, as money, whatever it is, like you're, you're just, everything is about sort of like, what's your, what's your ROI. Right. And, and I think it's a a very interesting thing because like as photographers or, or people who really started businesses out of a passion point, we don't really think like that. <laughs> We're not not so analytical uh, a lot of right. the time, and um, it's it's just really interesting because I, I think that there's a a big um, big argument to be made for a lot of people. At, at, you know, I'm somebody that absolutely like established a lot of my relationships um, because of my following or whatever else, and I, I often kind of you know ask myself if I'd spent the same amount of time focusing solely on like literally just doing something as basic as like getting on LinkedIn, typing in company names and going and finding art directors for like every company I can think of. If I'd spent that same amount of time doing that as I did 
trying to like figure out social media and like grow an account there, I'd probably have a lot more work than I do right now. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of always, always just a really interesting sort of, um, component when it then comes back to social, because, you know, the, the flip side of it is like, I can say that I can speculate about all of that, but I can also like a hundred percent say that I don't think I ever would have realized that I really had an opportunity to work with some of the brands that I have and, and kind of do a lot of these projects that I have if I hadn't have sort of established a following. And, and in a lot of ways, like, I think what that's meant to me, it's a, it's a weird thing to say, but I, I feel like when just however people were finding my stuff on social media, it, it just like, beyond you know because your friends and family are always going to tell you you're like oh this your photos are beautiful and whatever and like i don't know it's not not, everybody's got to be supportive that way you know what i mean but i think when you like start to get sort of people noticing your work and whatever like it does create this sort of different belief and in that you can put your images in front of other people and that there might actually be value to doing that um on behalf of other people as well. Right. And, and helping people sort of build out their, their imagery. So um, yeah, it's a very, very roundabout answer with a bunch of different things that question, but. Right on. And it's, and I always an adventure. <laughs> always an adventure, always a changing sort of uh, North point. Right. And I, I think that's, that's the biggest thing that I feel like in general within social media and like, the way the world's kind of going right now is like, it's, um, it feels like really easy to get caught up in this, like, how do we find the next like trend or the next thing to stay ahead of? And it's at the end of the day, you know, at least my experience of it has been like, the more that you're just like having human interactions with people, you'll, you'll find work. And so, you know, whatever that means to you, whatever your sort of platform and venue to have those conversations is, um, the more that you're just like, I don't know, decent in the way that you treat people and interact with them, like you'll, you'll find your work and establish your thing, whether that's through social media or off it. Right on. It's, I, I think I, I kind of follow that mindset that, uh, uh, there's this, uh, a magician that I, that I listen to frequently. Um, I know this is a little bit of a tangent off of photography, but, uh, I, I swear this guy probably could, uh, help me build a career, uh, like just go crazy with my career if I could follow his techniques. But, uh, I don't know if you've heard of a guy by the name Brian Brushwood. No. Um, he has, uh, he, he's a magician. He's been on Penn and Teller's Fool Us and everything. And a great podcast, very funny person. Um, I think I know him through his comedy stuff more than I know him through his, his magic stuff. But uh, his knowledge of social media is just monstrously encyclopedic. The, the, like, if I could spend a day with him i'd probably ju- just like probably like probably have a seizure from just <laughs> everything that he knows <laughs> um but but the one thing that he strives and the one thing that i'm making a connection here w- with you and uh those who are truly successful with, with, with like uh online media is that the internet can smell 
authenticity like a mile away like the one thing you really can't hide from any kind of uh online audience is bs totally uh, and when you're talking about you know your work you're you're very uh and uh, i'm going to be very complimentary so the compliment bomb is coming uh you're going to have to take it <laughs> you're very humble with your work you're very uh you're very grateful for your work you're uh, you're not trying to um you're not exploitive with your work you're it, it's you you have that 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 presence uh even just talking you know we've never met uh we're just talking through a, a zoom meeting here but but you're very uh, you you come across as very genuine and i think that comes across in your work a lot and i think if more people can be themselves be that you know be that bring out that genuineness in, into their photography or 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 whatever it is product that they're trying to to uh share um i i think that goes a long way in uh success uh on be it instagram facebook uh not so much twitter they seem to actively repress people but (laughs) (laughs) um but but in in those uh social media platforms i think uh authenticity is king yeah well thank you and i you know i i mean it's kind of funny to to hear it all i i definitely (laughs) i've had uh no just i was was gonna say like i i really have had had a pretty tough time honestly on social media for a long time like a lot of people have you know i think for a while a lot of us it's never easy yeah it's never easy it's really (laughs) easy really easy for a while you know and we kind of talked about that already but um i i think um it's it's one of my biggest gripes in a lot of cases with with social media not 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 that that people can sort of sniff through <laughs> whether you're authentic or not but but more so that um i think i think these days you really have to you have to do more than share good work yeah and um you know i i think uh you know personally i i've always really struggled with this sort of um why, what does it have to do with me? <laughs> why, why does anybody want to know um, about what I had for breakfast? You know, and it's funny because that was like the core beginning of Instagram was that we were just like sharing our our noodles because the light was cool or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. you know, now it's it's sort of like like I've always just believed like it it doesn't it doesn't matter what my opinions on anything are. It should always be about like, do you see this image and think, man, that's that's dope. Or I want to be there. I, I want to like go outside and, or I want to learn how to take photos like that. Or any of these things that are like about actually actively inspiring people to do something that like allows them to dream and then like get to that, you know? Um, I, I think that's always been the the focus of my work. So like, I, I think first off, you, you, the, the first compliment you gave me on this call really blew my mind. Cause that's like, it, it was just so exactly like it, what I go for in terms of like, you know, the sort of like therapeutic go outside, like find this sort of peace 
um, within being outside and through photography. But um, I think sort of um, it it also kind of causes this like issue, right, with social now, where it's like. I, I, again, I just don't want, I don't think that people need to follow me to see what I'm eating for breakfast. It, it shouldn't matter. It should be about, is this content sort of fulfilling um, the need that it is? And, you know, I think it's it on so many levels, that is the beauty of social media. Like people follow you if they vibe what you're doing and they don't, if they don't. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's kind of sad in a lot of cases with just like, how saturated that it's become that it is so much more about being this sort of like look at me personality beyond just having really sick content for like the majority of people um just i just think is yeah i mean let's be honest that's like how society works anyway right like everything's about celebrity but um yeah it's uh it's definitely an interesting conversation and um I, i definitely appreciate the um sentiments Right on. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, uh, there, there is a very big difference between those who, you know, th- those who say "look at me" and uh, um, those who say "check this out." Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I think you're safe. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, but again, your your work, I think, just speaks for itself um so how did um with with all the the work that you've been doing uh how how did you come across uh the the you said the x xt2 was your first camera uh how how did you fall into that how how did you find fujifilm and uh what was that deciding factor to make you cross that line yeah so i um I was um, I was contacted by the um, founder of a company called Paca Apparel. Um, yep. They are you familiar with them? Yeah, an incredible company. Yes. They do just amazing work for um, one of one of the like. Oh boy, Siri decided that was a prompt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know they they do they do incredible work with. Um, uh alpaca wool and and very like community driven in the way that they source their product and um when they were looking to build their um initial kickstarter video um i was contacted by the the founder about um helping out with their original uh, content and i i wanted to uh, I ended up turning the gig down because I just, I didn't feel that uh, I felt too strongly about what that company was capable of and um, wanted to see them succeed through Kickstarter, but just did not have really enough experience in in video in terms of what they were looking to do. Um, but, you know, I realized as I think many of us have over the years that we've got to, got to, you know, pick up our chops with video. And so I started looking into what gear was going to allow me to, uh, work in the video space a little bit more. And, uh, the Canon 6D was not doing it for me, um, at the time. So yeah. I kind of was looking for a body that would be pretty, uh, capable for both photo and video. And, um, at the time, the X-T2 specs were, uh, pretty, you know, top of the 
top of the line there or comparable. Um, and honestly, I, I realized uh, when I started to look further into this that uh, I was like blown away by the cost. It almost seemed like too good to be true, right? As I think a lot of us have often feel with Fujifilm equipment. And then um, this was like right in the massive swell of Sony. And so I had a bunch of friends that were trying to, you know, convince me to switch to Sony. And I took a, um, a what was it? A7S2, I think. Uh -huh. We had just, it was just kind of newish and current then. I took that out into the field for like two weeks that a buddy had lent me. And I just, I could not, um, I just couldn't like navigate the UI and like get through the sort of sludge of like getting through it. And, and maybe that was just like my lack of experience with anything <laughs> besides my 6D at that point. Yeah. Uh, but I just, uh, I didn't really like the way that it shot. I didn't love the color um for what i how i like to work with color and then i had another friend that had an xt2 and he literally gave it to me for five minutes and i i knew that was going to be the way that i went it just i i felt like um everything was just kind of i don't know i just felt like everything was where i expected it to be and kind of um you know i could figure out how to like customize to my sort of like shooting workflow very very effectively and easily and it felt natural and then you know i looked at some of the raws uh, after five minutes of taking a few photos and um you know worked with them the way i like to work with color and just uh yeah. i knew it and <laughs> that was it so <laughs> went running from there it what what was the uh did you have the 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 kit lens with that or was there another uh piece of glass that just uh spoke to you yeah so you know i i went about it in a very deliberate way and it's actually something that i like it's like my number one tip for photographers that are getting a new body or starting to learn photography or or whatever it is i always have started with a uh 50 millimeter so that's what i started with with my 60 so i when i got my xc2 i got the 35 millimeter f1.4 and um i i'm a really big believer in that um i so i i i, I hate zoom lenses I, and I use them a lot and I think there are some brilliant zoom lenses out there and I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about that, but I think that they are, um, I think that they make me lazy in terms of, um, my sort of creative process and mulling of a scene and situation. I think that they make um be really lazy in the way that i compose my images i think that most of my sort of like when i feel like composition is just like man that's the moment that's the sort of like feel of what this is i feel like it's almost always on primes yeah and i think a lot of cases especially within like nature scenes but um i think that when you start with a single sort of fixed focal length i wouldn't wouldn't necessarily always suggest that every, you know somebody starts with sort of that 50 millimeter at least in 35 millimeter terms um that that length per se but when you start with a fixed focal length i think that 
you know, not every shot works, right? And you have to really like be in that moment and just slow yourself down a little bit more and think about like how to make the best image with what you have. Um, and that has everything to do with like, what is the scene in front of you, but also like, how does this equipment in your hand sort of, um, enable that? And, um, you know, that, that was like, it stood out to me when I, when I first used an XE2, but also then like, I don't know, I, I, every camera I've ever purchased, um, I spend about the first like week or two solely shooting at, at, uh, at, always for me at 50 millimeters, because I, that's just kind of where I've always started. And it's definitely my favorite focal length, but I, I think it's, um, yeah, it's a way to go. So that, that was, that was mm-hmm. where I started. Right on. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I gotta say the 50, on, on Fujifilm, what is that? The 33, 35 millimeter? 35. Yep. It's, it's, it's that magic distance yep. for, 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 for me as well. Yep. Um, and, and so now that you're making that transition, how did you, um, get in touch with uh fujifilm for uh the x creator position um like did they did they find you or or did you approach uh fujifilm yeah um it's kind of kind of a funny story actually i i'm all uh, about it <laughs> yeah, yeah so you know i had um i had been in touch with fujifilm uh repeatedly for like i just i really wanted to work with them i wanted some sort of relationship with them i felt like um i just i felt so strongly about sort of the way in which you know i I think with fujifilm's equipment the thing that i love the most right is that like the equipment doesn't really feel like you're using technology right like it just kind of um I feel like it very seamlessly kind of melts away and I feel like you're able to like experience the moments that you're in as opposed to like feeling like you're on a computer or using tech. And so I felt like that was something that um, needed to be shared more. And I wanted to just find ways to like help with this cause because I I believe so strongly that um, just in sort of like how when I had made this transition to Fujifilm and had enabled my creative process, I really wanted to um, see them grow, you know? And, and, um, I, I felt like, honestly, I was like, I don't know. It's funny. I felt this like extreme brand loyalty and that I was like, man, like Sony's out there killing it. And everybody's talking about Sony and like, everybody should be getting on this on Fujifilm. Like the hype should be here too. Like this is incredible technology and, and that it doesn't feel like technology. Right. So I had been sending them DMS and emails and just trying to find a way to get in touch. And it hadn't really been going anywhere. And then there was this weird, um, like three month period where brands decided that on Instagram, they were going to, frankly, it it felt like from the perspective of of an artist that brands were going to try and like take advantage of people posting on social media to gain free license to images. And um, this happened with uh, REI was a big one. There was like a a handful of companies that basically they would come in, comment on your photo. You know, if you had tagged them or used one of their hashtags or something, and they'd come in and they'd comment on your photo and say, you know, hey, if you 
agree to our, like, we'll repost this photo if you agree to our terms and conditions by typing in this, like, reply yes hashtag or something. And um, I got uh, I got an email, or I, I got a, one of these comments from Fujifilm on one of my photos about that. And I went and read the terms and conditions. And it was like, um, it was basically like, you know, you're granting us like full global license to this image if you use the hashtag reply yes. And I, um, I was like, yeah, I'm not really cool with that. I think that that's like not, um, <laughs> not, not super cool. Like I, I, yeah. you know, this should an image license has value. It should be a compensated thing. Right. And I, I just feel like on social media brands can do that a lot of the time where it's kind of like people don't know better. They think it's really cool to get their image post reposted by a brand that they care about. And so they'll give them that free marketing and, um, so I kind of um, took a step back from trying to contact them for a little bit. And then I kind of, you know, I wanted to like let my thoughts settle a little bit about it and see where it was. And um, and then I, I decided to send an email that, you know, hopefully was a little bit more positively worded than I would have been the moment of frustration. And um, I sent an email and um, was just kind of like, hey, like, I, I don't necessarily think that this is like... Uh, just the right thing to do for like photographers and the community and all that. And I just really like, I've been trying really hard to have a conversation with you guys about doing work with you. And it feels like to now get this type of comment is um, kind of just an, a, a, like a, an offensive thing. And I, I really, um, you know, it's kind of scary to, to go like send a message like that to a brand that, um, you know, you really want to work for and, and, uh, really care about and all of that. And, um, you know, the, it was the first time that really like sort of a conversation started and, and, uh, it, it kind of, um, I think a lot of, a lot of the times with sort of like who are individuals, who are artists and like, who are brands, we don't really remember that there's like people at the other end that can like hear your, um, hear your heart in the words that you say and the things that you care about and how you say them. And, and you actually still can like make an impact on somebody and make an impact on a company through the way that you like communicate with them. And um, out of that kind of conversation, I, I just had like a, a really strong individual, um, or a strong sort of connection and conversation with um, the individual on the team there. And then as they uh, in 2020 sort of built out their, creator team and you know they they used to have only the ex-photographers right and then they sort of expanded that um so i've been working with them then probably about a year or so and so when in 2020 they expanded out to the um, creator team and and really making that an official thing um i was i was fortunate enough to be included into that group that's super awesome to to be able to uh have that kind of reward uh for speaking your heart uh, it is it is definitely not an easy thing to do and it can be something that falls on deaf ears and usually does with uh certain companies um but i'm i'm very happy to hear that there was somebody on the other end uh listening and Fujifilm, I know, you know, there's 
be, between the the legal things they have to 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 wade through and, and you you know all the 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 rights and everything uh especially between different countries different uh areas yeah. you know it can be uh you know it, it, it can be daunting even yeah. for, for them uh but it is refreshing to see this had uh the 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 ending that i think we we all hope for and uh and everybody wins in this case yeah and and, you know i think that's that's really been one of my favorite things about really about just having this relationship with them is is um they they're they're the people that work there are just so uh passionate about and like just enabling artists and doing the right thing for community and um kind of just, just like supporting people and, and like telling stories that are meaningful and um they they really i think that they do a really strong job of kind of like listening to people and digesting it and and finding the ways in which they can navigate through sort of all that red tape that you just mentioned in terms of you know obviously the legal and the different countries and all of these sort of challenges that any company that's that's global would have um i think they've done a really unique job of of like staying human um and and connecting with humans and sort of enabling um artists it's it's really um incredible to be a part of totally um neo man i i could keep you on the on the line <laughs> uh for for a few more hours uh it's um, awesome to talk to you uh i would love to bring you back on the show to to go into part two and, and go into more details with some of your uh projects and, and other photograph uh photographs that you've taken but um we'll have to save that for part two <laughs> sounds good yeah no thank you so much for having me i, I you know it's I think one of my favorite things about having conversations like this and tell me if I'm wrong, but I'd, I'd imagine a part of where you, you know, started this, this whole podcast is, is just like you, you just get to learn so much from talking to anybody else, or even like on the flip side of it, being asked questions about sort of why, why you did something or why something is a certain way. Um, it's always just so special to like be able to think about that and go through that process with another person. So I, I really appreciate um, the questions you asked and and you just having me out. It's uh, it means a lot. So. The, the, the honor is mine, man. I mean, your work is incredible. Um, it, it is uh, anybody who, who wants to check out your work. Actually, this, this is the place where I would ask you this. <laughs> yeah. Where can people find you on the web so they could see, see the work for you, for themselves? Yeah. Um, so I will, I'll say my, my handle and my business name very slowly and then spell it out because like I said earlier, it's a, uh, it's a total nightmare, but um, it's uh, my, my name is Mio Monash and the, the handle is uh, Monashery. It's M O N a s c h e r i e and uh my website is monashery.com spelled the same way oh i get it now <laughs> yeah well and the funny thing is with with the the business name being that way right because like people 
people think like maybe is it Moncherie, like you know, in in French, or where is it? The funny little side note to how how that sort of came to be was um, when I worked in my corporate job. Uh, I used to have to build um, a lot of like you know I had a lot of paperwork that I did yeah. in my um, in my B two B sales job and. I was prolific at making just little stupid errors. Like, uh, you know, a client would send a PO that had their billing and shipping address on. And when I built the order in our system, I'd like swap the billing and the shipping address. Yeah. And just, just things like that, where it was just like little, little small attention to detail errors. And, uh, just, yeah, just, just little errors. So when, uh, whenever I do one of these, my boss would say, uh, you know, oh, like that's a menagerie. And that was always the thing make, making a menagerie. And so, you know, when I started, uh, when I got on Instagram and I thought about how to create my handle, I was like, well, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with photos. So I guess these are going to be a bunch of like little small mistakes. So I guess I'm just gonna, gonna run with that. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's been been fun, but maybe maybe time for a rebrand. Like I said, it's tough to spell, <laughs> tough for people to hear. So we'll see. <laughs> but but once you get it, I mean, once you see it, it's. I I, I think it's oh man, that's a tough one. <laughs> it's it's I get what you're saying, but man, I would I would hate to see it go. Fair enough. <laughs> see, I mean, now I got to balance it with Ric Flair, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 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 nice awesome. thanks for having me man D- take care yeah you too bye thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope to see you back next week I wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine for the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX head on over to fujilove.com Subscribe today. And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Mostly Instagram, though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, Xmark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show, where it's more spice of life and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice, that's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.